0: Do you ever feel like you're on a bit of a treadmill as a content creator? You're posting content consistently on channels like Instagram and Twitter. Maybe you're even growing an audience a little. But the organic traffic isn't there. So at the end of the day, it just feels like you've created a slightly larger audience that now needs to be sustained with even more content. What if I told you there was a way to gain organic traffic that, over time, could generate impressions on its own through search and recommendations. And not only that, these long-form pieces of content could give you multiple pieces of short-form content that could be used to support your content production for platforms such as Instagram and Twitter. That's the topic of my conversation today with Ms. Bahak. He is an experienced podcaster from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, owner of PodMahal, which is a great resource for podcasters about how to be successful in podcasting, and today we're going to be talking about how podcasting can help you to get off the content treadmill as a content creator. So Mispo, welcome to the show. Uh, we're going to get talking about today's topic shortly, but I was wondering if, as a way of getting started, you could talk a little bit about who you are and how you got into this podcasting game.
1: Oh, yeah, dude. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I really loved your Instagram and what you're kind of doing on there. Thank you. So I always love coming on and listening to people's longer form conversations when you love kind of what they do on Instagram, because it's often very different and has more context and all that good stuff. So yeah, anyways, to kind of give you a little bit of background on me, I came from the fitness industry. Ever since I was like 15, I knew I kind of wanted to be in that world. And that really just stemmed from being a really skinny Indian kid. I wrestled, wasn't very good at it until towards the end where I started some resistance training and that rabbit hole really kind of led me down like 10 years um, where I kind of tried to find different niches and really learned about Mm -hmm. content creation through that journey just out of necessity because I always felt like okay I'm a younger dude especially at that time I wanted to be taken seriously I was trying to coach people online that was kind of my dream Um, and I was doing a lot of in-person I was on the mm-hmm. real life treadmill, right, with uh, coaching classes and, <laughs> you know, all boot camps, all that good stuff. It was really fun, but I was working three different jobs. And then also I was like, okay, it's time to build something that's like an asset. And I just realized I love podcasts and I loved writing. Um, mm-hmm. And so it started off as a blog Originally, I was like, right. it was a safer me, way for me to kind of, you know, go into it. And then, you know, six months later, I talked to this podcaster I really admired. He was like one of the top and still is, I think, in that fitness mm. world, um, games competitor, stuff like that. And, you know, he just had kind of a his validation on like, dude, you should do this, taking the time to talk to me for 30 minutes on the phone oh. when he didn't have to. It really like, Tim, I can't tell you the fire that it lit under me, like it was August 1st or 2nd where I had that conversation. And by August 29th, like I had three episodes with like pretty, you know, renowned people in the fitness world that I really like had admired and it was out. I released it and was kind of in the habit. I just put myself out there, even though I was so scared to death. So (laughs) that was, you know, now six years ago. With the podcasting starting out with it, and then back on Labor Day of 2020, mm-hmm. you know, I was writing about 150 to 300 workouts a week for clients yeah. all over the world. Podcasting helped me kind of land my dream, game, my dream internship, and so you know, then I kind of decided to go all in. I was like, I want something more creative. I want something where I, you know, I I really enjoyed what I'm doing in fitness, but uh, doing mm-hmm. it at that level, I just realized. Doing a lot of things just like all the time, full time is not my cup of tea. It's like, how do you spend time in your zone of genius and the side hustle you want to do painting, furniture, or rebuilding or flipping stuff might not be right. your full time thing, but you might get a lot of fulfillment out of it. And that's kind of like the core of it for me first. And then I think it's like the money part is really a necessity thing to figure out to fund all the art you kind of want to make, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah that's what allows you to devote more time to it is, is the financial part but you're right i think it has to be at first a labor of love because there's so much that goes into creating content coming up with ideas researching producing it distributing it and that's where it does become a bit of a mill if you're especially if you're doing short tor- short form content repetitively and I think, mm-hmm. you know, one of the interesting differences about longer form content like YouTube and podcasting is the you know, creation of those kind of assets. And uh, I guess one question would be what platforms did you start on before you got into mm-hmm. podcasting and how's your relationship with those platforms changed over time? oh yeah because it's evolved
1: and i made a lot of mistakes tim so let me (laughs) fill you in here so (laughs) i started off with a wordpress site that i probably shouldn't have at the time it should have been wix or squarespace because like simplicity and all that stuff but i invested way too much money into letting this guy build my site and it was something i just it was good it allowed me to build Mm -hmm. something up and i did get that blog or Where it was really like posting my podcast and stuff on there as well but i got it to maybe a couple thousand visits or something per month and then at the same time i was six months later like i said once that blog started i started the podcast so i was on apple and spotify i wasn't doing video at the time which i really wish i did because like even if I didn't publish, I wish I had just a visual with the amount of guests that I had, because like, I did have some really cool guests on that show, which it almost feels like unless you go back and find it, or I really push it to you, you don't see it, you know, like Noah Kagan and Ben Greenfield and Dr. Andy, like some of these people who are on like Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss, um, getting them on like before that curve and just that that for me it was validating because I felt like these people would never want to talk to me and so I wish just for myself I had done video but I didn't and you know then I would say I started my second podcast with my boss that my first podcast got me that job and he was a professional athlete he had a lot of assets built already so I got to watch what it was like under when you start a show from scratch how you know we were doing a lot of downloads compared Mm -hmm. to mine, even though mine was like, okay for starting from scratch. But we started experimenting with video there. So I got to see, oh, how does, even for somebody who's really kind of famous, how does video do for them? I mean, he had a lot of people on Instagram as well and started doing Instagram too. That was another thing was I started documenting the program that I was like a fitness program that I got from my boss. And that was one of our connection points because I was really passionate about what he was doing. I was one of the first people to ask him to Mm. come on the show. And so Instagram became kind of a way for me to do short form like workout content. I was already kind of doing that for blogs I was writing. I was doing a lot of guest blogging as well um, because I thought that was kind of the thing to do at the time. And um, so the Instagram thing, I actually saw Like, I got that to a place where I was 7,000 or something, 7,500 people, and a lot of videos that were like, okay, they're getting like 130 saves or shares, things that for me were impressive, being kind of like a nobody. So that was the extent of it, and it has dropped, you know, since I stopped doing a lot of fitness stuff, like, I've seen the decline and all that stuff, but that was really kind of all the
0: content I made. That's the strategic decision I think you have to make is like, where are you going to invest your time in terms of priority platforms? And so Mm -hmm. what makes podcasting a good priority platform to invest your time in?
1: Comedians, for example, look at Twitter sometimes as like their gym. You know what I mean? They're like, okay, I'm going to try, I'm going to throw ideas out here. I'm going to see kind of like what sticks and whatever does i'm going to kind of try it on stage and try to develop around that premise and stuff like that so for podcasting i see that like that's actually evolving to where for comedians podcasting is becoming that because they are talkers they can control that distribution and purely from a sake of like connecting with fans it's also Mm -hmm. impressive when you learn from that area where it's like oh People are selling out thousands and thousands of tickets. Like, you know how much work it is to get a babysitter, go out for a night in the town to watch somebody who might not do well, to get two drinks, the whole thing that takes a lot of like love and connection. And that is all through content. You know, I felt that myself with a lot of. And so podcasting has this weird, intimate. Thing that it can build with people, but at the same time, from a creator standpoint, it is it is your gym. It is where you spar. It's where you learn how to speak better. Like there's so many people that I work with who are like, dude, I'm noticing myself in like day to day conversation. Like I'm just like, there's a beat. Like I'm listening a little bit better. I'm not using as many filler words. You become aware Mm -hmm. of that stuff, and to me, that's kind of worth it, right? Like improving. Like mining for ideas in this conversation, for example. Yeah, I'm going to get a couple ideas for reels. I'm going to get a couple ideas for a newsletter. Um, I'm going to figure out how we can collaborate with this on YouTube, right? There's so many things that I want to help you out with too, because it helps me with my content. And it's just kind of realizing like, look at your own behavior with content and uh, you might not consume podcasts, right? I think 64% of the US, at least at this point, listens to podcasts or has listened. That leaves a lot of people that still haven't figured out what it is, how to go listen, whatever. So what you have to do as a podcaster is create content on different platforms that you enjoy. That truth is you would have to do that anyways. Even if you didn't do a podcast, you have to figure out how how are you going to get yourself out there, whether it's DMing people or you make content, right? And hopefully that attracts people to you so if you want to succeed on instagram which let's be honest we all kind of want all right let's hit the 100k 10k get the check mark so if you do want that how do you instead of resisting it because i did that and still do that sometimes how do you lean into it how do you figure out how this podcast can help you come up with two to three reels a day like Like, that's not physically possible if you're doing it from scratch and then also doing it you know a newsletter yeah like you got to use um the ideas as jumping off points for wherever you want to create. And the truth is, if you're a content creator or business owner in the online world yeah. now, that's the networking and marketing really uh, is. So the in the beginning, like first two years, your your problem is volume. How do I get volume right. out the door? You have to get through the bad reps. You have to do a lot of that. And it's tough if you're only doing something once a week, once a month or whatever. So podcasting is that tool that helps accelerate everything else. And it gives connective tissue to a lot of your ideas.
0: Yeah. I like a lot of what you're saying there. Um, There's the connection aspect. And for me, it's really helped with a thematic approach to the content. So you're doing that deeper research to produce those longer form pieces, which as you say, then you can distribute down as pieces into those distribution platforms like instagram twitter it's kind of like the the king content if you will that sits at the top of your content pyramid and then you can cascade bits of it down into the other platforms and one really supports the other too like i'm finding i'm getting ideas from instagram that feed into my podcast or youtube and similarly you know i'm I'm producing these thematic pieces that feed instagram and twitter so it's not like it's um four streams of content deployed four places. The idea is to get to one stream of content deployed four places. Uh-huh.
1: You you worded that so beautifully, you know, and when I was coaching a roster of fitness people who would feel like the podcast gave them like, they wouldn't listen to the whole thing sometimes maybe on our Apple or whatever, but yeah. on Instagram, I would put up a IGTV two minute, three minute thing. Mm -hmm. And even though it wasn't a crazy amount of views on it or whatever, that client would hear, see it and go, ah, that's awesome. Like, I don't listen to the full thing, but I can always watch a two minute clip or three minute clip. And these are words from somebody who you want to listen, right? So it's like, this is actual R and D feedback. I was like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe there's something to this. It might take a little more work, but there are these stages you might appreciate this is... Uh, I learned this from an SEO expert, by the way, not mine. Um, but he's like, look, you have to crawl, then you have to walk and then you have to run." Right. Okay. So first there are things on a checklist in terms of crawling that you personally want to figure out what that is for you. It's different for everybody. Cause we all have yeah. different starting points. Okay. Then what's the walking look like? Okay. Right. And then what's the running? So the running might be that, okay, you've got the clip from the podcast, right? Instead yep. of just the landscape version you, and putting it up because time efficiency and posting it was the thing, you're like, all right, I'll turn this into a long portrait vertical right. thing. And you know what? I'm going to also add B-roll. I'm going to mm-hmm. add some stuff on top of it because we know Instagram is very dynamic and about visually stimulating and overloading us. Like, uh-huh. okay, if that's the game, play it a little bit, but that
0: know that that is the running version of what you're doing. You don't have to start there. What would you see as one of the biggest challenges in getting started as podcaster?
1: I think um, overcomplicating it and whether that's in the form of equipment or mentally. So for a lot of people I'm talking people who have thousands and tens of thousands of followers and have successful businesses already like they're kind of let's say influencers in their world but all of a sudden when you go hey let's like podcast they get nervous they get like oh i don't know if people want to listen to me it's like it has this aura of i am somebody if i'm doing a podcast (laughs) and i think that it's we're removing that stigma over time it's the same thing if you look back at blogging or youtube back in the day it was like oh, you're a somebody if you have a blog but then it became a business tool and everybody started using it and for different purposes it's not just for the vlogger anymore youtube right it's for just information, just live streams, workout videos, like right. whatever you want to, you know, use it for. Um, so, uh, sorry, I I I I went on a rant there. What what was no, the original? No, I think those question? are
0: definitely challenges, um, and I think it's for every platform. You know, you can overcomplicate it, or you can uh, whether it's with equipment or just like as you say, mentally. Sometimes you just have to start and start with what you have.
1: I would say this speed of implementation like if you yeah. can master that and that's the hardest part because most of us are perfectionists and you know there's a lot of emotional involvement with right. putting something out there with your name on it it's different than you know growing like i got to grow a you know that account i also got to be a social media manager at that gig i got and i grew yeah. it from 3000 to like 21k but i didn't have this connection and fear to it like oh, how many likes how many comments is it getting oh nobody right. liked this one I mean, I cared, of course, right? But it's not sure. this emotional thing, like it's my ego. So it's really getting over some of that stuff, however you yeah. can, to the point where volume and steady volume is your thing, whether that's a couple times a week or once a week, just regularly, because that's what builds exactly. the catalog. And you need a catalog to have that effect of like people finding you and opportunities yeah. come in and comments or whatever.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Well, thank you for that. And then my my last question they they say when you're doing a podcast, you should have like a signature question. So I'm I'm into technology tools, so maybe this will be my signature question. Do you have a favorite technology tool that you use for podcasting? Oh, I love
1: this question. And is this like a physical product? It'd be software, or it could anything. be a
0: piece of physical gear. I'll be glad to to hear about either one.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. And for specifically for podcasting, I mean. I want to say that this mic, like I started with a $60, $30 Audio Technica mic that lasted me years and years and years and went through a lot of beatings. And eventually when I was like, okay, I have a little bit of cash to invest in this. Yeah. I'm doing a couple of shows and I I got it because it made me feel like it's cheesy, but it made right. me feel like, professional, you know, it made me feel like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a <laughs> serious. <podcaster." now. laughs> and it's the identity thing, right? I yeah. saw the identity. It's the, it, like good marketing. You see the mic, you're like, all right, this is my identity. This is who I'm going to be with right. the mic. What's funny is there are still periods of time that like, when I got this, it became tough to record, right? Like the mic didn't right. solve the problem of making the time and saying something interesting. It was just still a tool but it was a tool that motivated me it it showed me like oh i've invested a lot in this i want to i want to use it and it is top of the line you know musicians and podcasters radio hosts they all a lot of them use this microphone and i live in the city in center city here in philadelphia and it's very noisy just ambulances and people yelling and live music going on and so even with windows closed and everything like that. So, um this microphone to make my job easier and uh, anybody like for you <laughs> hopefully um it cuts out a lot of the background noise, oh, to where great. your editing is so much easier and that's where when you do invest in equipment, you have a form of leverage which is like capital, right? You're investing yeah. in something here and the return is It's so high quality that your editing and your post-production might be a breeze because there's not all this crazy stuff going on. So for me, I really feel like it's worth it because I'm never getting rid of this thing. I've had it for uh, (laughs) three, four years now. So SM7B, favorite purchase for podcasting. That's great.
0: Well, thank you for that. And thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Could you just tell us a little bit about how you help podcasters?
1: Totally. Well, one, thanks for having me because like some of the services that we offer is done for you production. We have different Mm -hmm. tiers of that and we make it so people can just show up and record Um, that anxiety of listening to yourself is also what is a challenge and holds people back because they've recorded it, but they're not putting it out because they don't feel like listening or editing or it's too much to deal with. So we make it so you can keep posting, you just show up and record and focus on that stuff. Um, even clips and reels, and if that's something we right. want, that we have packages for that. And then the next thing we have is done for you. I mean, um, it's more of a like a podcast launch in a day where it's like right. a workshop done with you type of thing. Uh, I spend six hours with you. It's a kind of an intense day, but like we do everything you need to kind of get your first three episodes out the door. Yeah. Remove the overcomplicating. Narrow in on who it's going to be for. We have kind of a whole curriculum, obviously, that we try to cover in that time. I could see that being
0: really, really valuable because it does take that time uh, to get set up properly, especially if you don't have the experience. And so like benefiting from somebody who has been through it before, be really valuable. And uh, I just edited my first episode yesterday and I can tell you, it takes time for sure. You could save a considerable amount of time as a content creator to outsource some of that stuff, especially if you're not expert in uh, production.
1: Yeah. And even if you aren't, there's so many free resources that I make for people who are like, you know, just where I was when I first started, where you're like, that's how I learned editing and all that stuff. I didn't know or really want to, but like, okay, I had a big issue to deal with from an episode and now I have to figure it out. Somebody can't turn it around or I don't have the budget to pay for it. So I'm like, okay, so you, so you learn it and instead of you having to scrounge for it, everywhere i try to really distill it down to like what yeah. i would have wanted to know um so i put out a lot of that stuff on my youtube channel for Pod Mahal. and on my website right. there's a lot of free downloads like checklists and planners and stuff like that to hopefully make that process easier
0: that's great well thank you very much mispa i appreciate you being here today and i uh, hope you have a great day tim thank you it's been a blast so there you have it episode two down The key thing I want to highlight from our discussion is about how podcasting can help to generate content ideas and content for short-form platforms such as Instagram and Twitter or vice versa. And once you get going on thematic research and content production, there's a snowball effect that can start to happen where one platform starts to support the other. Just as an example, let's talk about the natural overlap that exists between a podcast and YouTube, which makes it easier to create content for both. You can create a podcast episode, film it, and then repost parts of that as YouTube videos or shorts, referring people back to your podcast. You can also take one of your YouTube videos and repurpose the content you've created there as a podcast, referring people back to your YouTube channel. I think the key to making this work is that you're not always reposting the exact same thing but rather leveraging the research and segments of the content you've already produced to create something new that focuses on a particular aspect of the topic or maybe provides some wider context for it. You can also produce a bit of original content for each platform so that people have a reason to stick around and join your audience there too. The other thing to remember about podcasts and YouTube is that these platforms have much more searchability on Google and the people are more likely to be using the search functions within podcast platforms and on YouTube to find the type of content they're looking for. And when people do that kind of search, the results that come back are not going to be Instagram or Twitter posts. It's going to be blog content, YouTube videos, and podcasts. It's by being findable here that you're going to be able to generate long-term organic traffic for your social profiles, digital products, or whatever else you're looking to drive traffic to. So one of the key questions you'll need to ask yourself is where do you want to drive your traffic and why? But that's a big question for another episode. If you found this episode helpful, a positive rating, review, or comment would mean a lot. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day.